So as I mentioned, uh, today is a special morning. We actually get to hear from three different speakers this morning, sharing their perspectives on the faithfulness of God, uh, experiences they've gone through, uh, insights that they've gleaned. Um, I think this is one of the most fantastic ways that we can come together as a body, hearing from each other and encouraging and uh, uplifting each other in these things. So this morning we have uh, Lisa Porter, Greg Yertager, and Ainsley Bond sharing with us. Uh, and I'd love to invite Lisa to come on up. Um, and she's going to start things out with us. Um, please give her a welcome. Well, my spirit is strong, but my body's feeling a little stressed, so bear with me. <laughs> I can, I'm Lisa Porter, like he said. I have been going here for about 15 years. Um, my daughter, Sarah, who works in the, the children's program, my husband, Doug, over there. And then so I also um, am one of the leaders for the uh, women's Bible study during second service, and we are going to be starting Trustworthy. Um, which is looking at First and Second Kings, how God can be with us when things don't go the way we want them to. Uh, he is trustworthy. And then also talking about Steve's uh, reading through the Bible, we also have a women's um, group that has been reading through the Bible. We're in Haggai um, or Zephaniah right now, um, or Zechariah, sorry, um, which is a, a great change of movement with um, in the Bible. So we started in July and... We will end in July, but if you're interested, any of the ladies want to join us at that time, you're welcome to. We have about 50 ladies signed up that are reading through the scriptures together. Um, lots of familiar faces here. I love seeing you all, um, and bear with me as I share. God has been so faithful throughout my life, and when things get tough, I have to remember to look up. Um, and so you're going to hear kind of stories, my, my idea of why I look up, um, and so I asked God to help me to know how to write this, and so it's kind of a love letter, love letter to the Lord of why I look up. So the faithfulness of God, where do I start? I could start at the beginning of the story in scripture, I could start at the beginning of my life, I could begin at the start of this year, 2023. And looking back, I can see that I've learned to trust the story of God's faithfulness in creation, in restoration in this world, and the finality of my future. I learned to trust the story and plant myself in his faithfulness in the garden of God. I decided on a poem to give me a framework. Like Psalms 119, the longest chapter in the Bible, but beautifully written as an acrostic poem, of the Hebrew alphabet on the beauty of God's word. This poem that I'm sharing is about the beauty of God's faithfulness to me. I tend to see in big picture and that will be evident here. So here we go. 12 letters in the word faithfulness and a stanza for each letter. Listen to hear for each letter, but more importantly, the faithfulness of God. God's faithfulness is a father's heart. A triune God of three persons and one a loving father. Father God who calls me daughter. Son of God who put his father's will into action as a covenant marriage. Spirit of God who sustains and fulfills God's purpose to help us overcome the powers of this world and build God's kingdom of peace. This triune God supports each other in a perfectly harmonious relationship led by the father. 
That relationship said, let's create humans in our image and share the joy of our fellowship. This is the faithful father heart of God. God's faithfulness is always the same. God's faithfulness never ceases. From the bookends of scripture, the thought of creation to the end, a garden is constantly woven into the narrative. God is always drawing us back into the garden to enjoy his fellowship. In that garden is fullness of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruit of God that reflects in us when we are abiding with him in the garden, a planting of the Lord. In this garden, the wolf lies down with the lamb. There is no one greater than another. They're all kind to each other, not oppressing or taking advantage of the other. Shalom, peace, a garden of peace. God's faithfulness is inclusive. All nations, tribes, languages, and peoples, all those created have been gifted his image. We are adopted into his family, even though our sinfulness has separated us from a holy God. God is holy, set apart, and yet accepts us in our selfish, greedy, arrogant, lustful selves, the opposite of God's character. God found a way to include us in his family. He sent the purest of offerings to pay for our debt of sin, a righteous covering. This gift we celebrated this month at Christmas, the day of the Lord's favor. The sacrifice we remember each day in fellowship with each other, not just on Easter. God's faithfulness included you and me and everyone who will see the need, repent and accept the gift. Can you hear him calling you? Come to me and follow me, he says. Come into my family, the purpose you were created for. Come and sit at my table in the garden and eat. This is our identity, children of God sitting at the table. God's faithfulness is today. We have breath. We are together. We are worshiping in this place. It isn't until that is threatened that we wake up from this lulling of this distracting world. Let's not just make this today, but tomorrow, until the end of time. May every moment be to bring glory to God by working to reestablish the garden here on earth. Let's not live in fear, but trust the story in scripture. Let's walk the story. Let's put our faith in him who created us and sustains us today. He is faithful today. God's faithfulness is the heart of a healer. I look to God to heal my brokenness from the inside out. I see God's faithfulness in helping me grieve the loss of innocence, the death of my father, and the loss of my students who have been killed. I'm a teacher. I'm a high school teacher. The heartache of dying to one's selfish needs. God takes all my hurts and heals them in the most unexpected ways. I've learned to trust his timing and his purpose in my brokenness. My healing is going to be more spiritual than physical, as the spiritual is the eternal part of us. The physical is dying, and in its broken state is not made to endure forever. My spirit grows stronger from the healing God is doing in me. 
God's faithfulness is friendship. He is who meets me first thing in the morning. I greet him on my knees as I need to physically surrender myself to his spirit. He's my Lord. And with a loving Lord, we can go first thing to see what the plans are for the day, aligning with him. Once my physical self is listening spiritually, then I listen to him in his word in scripture. Meditating on God's word daily sustains me. Plugs me into his power to go through the day. I am in Christ. He walks with me, and we talk constantly as he is fulfilling his will on earth as it is in heaven. He says things to me in my heart. He alerts me to pray or reach out to others. He catches my eye with a glimpse of his goodness, and sometimes he opens my ear to hear something unexpected. He is a friend that wants to spend time with me, giving me everything I need to have abundant life. God's faithfulness is unbreakable. A covenant relationship that he bore the consequence if the promise was broken. His father's heart took the ownership. His son paid the consequences on the cross. And his spirit fulfilled a new covenant. Raising Jesus to life as the firstborn of new life. That same spirit lives in us so that we can do greater things together. Born again through the water, the blood, and the spirit as a church, a kingdom of priests representing God to the world. What a faithful God to take this on himself. God will not break his promise with us. This is a covenant marriage. God's faithfulness is loyal. He isn't scrapping his plan but made a way to have free will, true authentic love at its core, and destroys sin and death, the result of choosing self. This kind of love, the deepest love possible, with the kingdom of children is inviting us into the fellowship of the Trinity. The Trinity is loyal to each other and to us. God invites us to be loyal to him and to each other. God's faithfulness is necessary. Without it, we'd self-destruct in selfishness and pride, taking more for ourselves, and the result is oppression of others in whom we take their share. We don't practice restraint well. However, God demonstrated restraint by stopping the flood after 40 days, keeping a remnant after the destruction of Jerusalem, by setting time limits in his story, by not giving up on us. May we restrain our desires that are selfish horizontally to each other, but grow the desire for more of God vertically. This is the cross-shaped relationship. A cross is necessary. God's faithfulness is eternal, everlasting, not bound by time or space. He is the I am, the Lord God Almighty. The goodness and faithfulness of God is forever eternal. God's faithfulness is a sure thing. Through my living life, my searching and walking with God, I've come to know God as a sure thing. He is transforming me to be less selfish and less fearful person. I'm trusting his story and the history of scripture and the history of my life, and especially this year. I wouldn't trade my God for anything. God's plan for me is to be purified gold worth so much more than all the treasure on earth. 
I'm learning to trust in giving up money for the sake of helping others to rise up. I'm learning to let go of things and desires of this world for opportunity to gain more time with my Lord. My priorities are shifting. That's God's faithfulness to give me confidence in him more than the security of this dying world. God's eternal state is a sure thing. God's faithfulness is silent, like a whisper. We're told to listen, to hear. It's not announced on billboards or television, but in the quieter beats of the heart. Throughout the world, Jesus' birth we celebrated. Oh, what a holy night. Now we remember God's faithfulness from beginning of time to the dawn of a new year. During the last silent hours of this year, may we whisper prayers of confession and repentance. Rejoice in salvation eternally that leaps into the new year with great expectations of experiencing God's faithfulness in new and profound ways as we lean into him, seek his favor by obeying his word that makes fellowship with him possible. Let's dwell in the garden as plantings of the Lord amongst rivers of peace and mountains of hope. May the valleys be green and lush and our fruit plentiful feeding the community of believers, but also inviting others into this kingdom of shalom. Our God is faithful. He is a father, always inclusive, today, and is a healer and a friend. His faithfulness is unbreakable and loyal, necessary and eternal. Sure and silent. He is faithful in his story in our lives and will be in the future and beyond. He is a devoted father and husband, faithful even when we are not. Thank you. Hello, my name is Greg Yertegger. I've been going to this church for a while. I don't remember how long. Okay, uh, before I get started, um, I wanted to say that my daughter helped me to write this. Uh, she shared much of her story um, a few months ago, uh, but I'm not sharing any new information, um, and she's given me her blessing to share. So, okay, disclaimer noted. Uh, honestly, tip to tail, God has been walking in faithfulness with me my entire life, through good and bad. When he was faith, faith when, sorry, when I was faithless, he has been faithful. And I say that because of hindsight. Honestly, I didn't always see God working, but I can tell you 100% that my, my life is a story that God wants to tell, and I'm along for the ride. So instead of taking the Wayback Machine to the beginning, I'm going to start with the last few years. We'll start with me getting my dream job, working for a well-known video game company whose game was focused on catching monsters and small orbs, the main goal being to catch them all. Anyway, it was a great job, everything that you'd expect. And then um, I got laid off from that company. When, you ask? Right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, right at the beginning. I really didn't know what to do. By this point, I'd spent 20 years in the video game industry, and it was getting more and more, it was getting more and more frustrated um, by the fact that it was getting harder and harder to find a job. Now that there was a global pandemic, these companies that existed 
um, weren't looking for new people. They were hunkering down and um, not, you know, they'll stick with the staff that they have. Um, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to do? Um, how am I going to feed my family? And then God reminded me of his faithfulness through Matthew six thirty-one through 33. Do not worry when saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. Your heavenly father knows what you need, that you need all of these things. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has troubles of its own. So I took a deep breath and said, all right, Lord, I'm not sure what else to pray for, but I do know that I need you to show up. And he did. It just so happened that a woman that I worked with at the Monster Catching Company left to go work for some other large non-game-related company, and she said, hey, we have a job. You should apply for it. So I did, and I got the gig. Mind you, this was out of my normal gaming wheelhouse. However, all of my skills and abilities um, transferred over. Never in my life did I think I would say the following. I would rather be doing audits on software to ensure compliance with government regulations than work on video games. Don't get me wrong, working on video games is pretty great, but God's plan is way better. For me, this is where God's faithfulness rings true in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Personally, I was in a great place. However, not all was right within the Yertager household. Ivy, my daughter, was going through a dark time. Remote learning was not working during COVID, and she said, and I quote, I would have been okay with it if it wasn't during a pandemic and everyone was stressed about dying. Being 13 or 14 in that situation during the pandemic with that mental health issues that I was working with my therapist on was difficult. Returning back to school was even worse. I was bullied. I became the emotional support animal for seven or more kids, which added to me being even more stressed out. Self-harm soon followed as an outlet for her to cope with things. She forgot who God was and what his role was supposed to be. She wasn't really going to church or community group, and there was a lot of loneliness. She had shut my wife and I out and of what she was going through and progressively became more and more distant. We tried everything we could to bring her out of her shell, but that was to no avail. At this point, I started traveling for work and was out to Virginia for weeks and even a month at a time. While I was out there on the other side of the country, my wife would send me images of new self-harm wounds on Ivy. And to say that I felt helpless was an understatement. All I could do was pray. All I could do was ask for others to pray. I needed to grab a hold of Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am the Lord. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. So I prayed. And the next day I wasn't anxious. I wasn't scared. I was the physical embodiment of Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be 
made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and your minds in Jesus Christ. So I talked to my wife on the phone and explained to her, and all that we could say was God is good. Now, were we through the woods? By no means. For me, the Lord blessed me and reassured me that he had this under control. And then the bit flipped, meaning God showed up for Ivy. She came to us and said that she wanted to get baptized. She started reading her Bible, and, asked, and when we asked what happened, her reply was, I wanted to find out who I was in God. Even though I went to a Christian school, I didn't feel closer to God. Ivy met with Pastor Steve, and they talked about baptism, what that meant, what that meant to her, and why she wanted to get baptized. By the end of their meeting, they'd given their blessing, and we planned it out, how it was all going to go, you know. Um, skip to the end. She gets baptized in front of the youth group and her friends. Yay. Uh, Romans 6, um, 14. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So... They, as Christ was raised from the dead through glory of the Father, so that we might walk in newness of life. Which rings true with John 10, 27-28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I think that we as humans often look at God's faithfulness as being Something like a genie answering a wish. Like, if I get the exact outcome I want, then God is faithful. In my experience, God is faithful in every second of every day of our lives. And we're on his timeline. There's never a moment where he isn't faithful. God is good. Hello. My name is Ainsley Bond, and I'm 21 years old today. Thank you. About a year and a half ago, I came back from my first year at college. And if you knew me then, I was kind of a wreck. I was sad and anxious and lonely. And when I say sadness, I mean I was pretty depressed. But I typically don't use that word to describe it. I remember texting my mother one day while I was at school. The conversation was very normal. Nothing interesting happened. But I remember receiving a message from her that said, you sound worn out. I remember starting to cry when reading this. I'm still shocked my mom was able to read my emotions so accurately through a screen. She was right. I didn't know what it was at the time. I had friends, an easy school load, and I was enjoying a sunny spring. Looking back, it might have been me constantly having to exert myself so I could somehow hold on to a bunch of friendships based on nothing but humor and fun. It worked. I was always found with people, but I was worn out, and I was lonely. I remember my first counseling session. She asked me to describe my sadness and my feelings. I told her that it felt like there was a dark cloud over my heart. I kind of hate using that language because no one really gets what that means. It's poetic crap my sister would make fun of me for saying. But to me, it so accurately describes how I was feeling, I can't put it another way. I didn't have a condition hindering my mind. I just had a dark fog over my heart so I couldn't see the light. So when I came back from college, I came back to Northview with my family since I grew up going here. But I was so far from God, I had a mixed relationship with church. I hadn't regularly attended church when I was in college. 
I had tried a few, but I never stuck one out. Church bored me. I didn't like waking up early or sitting through service. But part of me loved church. My week felt so off when I wasn't there. I missed it. Coming back to Northview is the same. I came with my family, and I started serving in kids just because that's what I grew up doing. But I didn't understand the meaning of any of it. I loved all the people here, but I thought I didn't have a place here. It was a lonely experience going to church. I would show up, half listen, sit with my parents, and feel so out of place because I really didn't have any relationship with God, and I was starting to lose hope on all the things I had grown up learning. Now, at this point, I was getting pretty sick of my life. I knew something needed to change. I was pretty desperate to be rid of the loneliness, the darkness, and the anxiety. And at that time, the internship was forming at Northview, and I was thinking nothing of it. Because I didn't see much more than faith, than belief in God. I would be a fish out of water doing a church internship where we talk about Jesus all the time, and I would have to share what I think, because I'm pretty sure I've never really thought about it at all. But James found me on a Sunday asking me to join, and Zeb was calling me about it. And I said no. But Zeb wanted to know why, so we ended up meeting to talk about all the reasons I did not want to do it, and by the end, I had somehow convinced myself that I was in. Honestly, I was probably the perfect candidate for it. I wanted to change my life, and I was ready to see what Christianity had offered. I did have one condition condition in joining the internship, and that was in no way was I going to help out with the youth group like all the other interns. I was not cut out to be a youth leader. Did I like middle schoolers? Yes. Did I think I had the knowledge and ability to answer questions of middle schoolers who were actually hungry to learn about Jesus and his vision for the world? Absolutely not. I would keep serving in the kids' ministry instead. But when driving home, my mind was racing, and one thing was running through my head. Why are you being picky about serving? Serving is serving, so be willing to help wherever is needed. I was unwilling, and I was afraid. So I called Zeb, and I said, okay, fine, I'll do youth. And he asked me to come to the meeting that night just to check it out, because it was just earlier that day I had said, no way was I doing youth. At the meeting, I found out the sixth grade girls had no leader. It's almost as if God purposely set that up. I offered to do it, and the next week, I started leading the sixth graders, now seventh grade girls. I am so fortunate to have gotten to know each of those girls. They are so wonderful, and I am filled with joy when I am with them, and our silly moments, and our serious ones, too. And they encourage me to grow in my faith so I could be a better leader towards them. At the time, I only thought it was weird how fast my mind had changed. But now, I can see that it was the Holy Spirit shaping my mind and heart. And what made this moment big was that it was my first step in being faithful to God, and I took it without even realizing it. Earlier, I said I was the perfect candidate for the internship because I was ready to see what Christianity offered. I'm not naturally driven or on top of it. I'm a pretty hardcore procrastinator. But two things helped me become driven in the internship. The first was fear, which was not so healthy. I was afraid everyone would see right through me and how fake I was. I had no relationship with Jesus, and I wasn't a joyful, faithful person. I was dark and lonely and sad and desperate. No one could know that, because that was embarrassing. The second reason, a more healthy reason, was this. All my life, I had gone to church and done everything halfway, and nothing has happened. What would happen if I actually did what Christians were supposed to do? Possibly bad language for it, but that's how I thought. So I did everything the internship offered. 
I never showed up to a meeting without doing the content beforehand. I talked during discussions. I did all the practices at home, no, how, no matter how stupid or ridiculous they sounded, because I just wanted to see. Taste and see, right? What's interesting is that I actually began to enjoy it, and I began to see why people actually follow Jesus. I didn't always want to watch two two-hour lectures on Christianity during my week, but I did, and it changed my view of it. Christianity wasn't boring and dead. It was life-giving, and I could feel that change. I stopped having panic attacks, and I began to welcome the people who had been trying all summer to be my community. I realized that I'd become more like the person I had prayed to be. I didn't stop there. I kept learning, and I kept seeking. I created new goals and prayed to grow further. I realized how little I knew, so on Sundays, I actually started to listen. But probably the most impactful thing to my faith and rebirth into Christianity was spending time with Jesus-like people. Outside of the internship, I would have dinner with friends, text with other interns, and show up to help plan youth events. These times were not designated Christian times where we talk about faith, and sometimes we would, but most often we would just talk about life. And seeing day to day how someone who claimed to follow Jesus acts, talked, and lived showed me there was so much more than I ever thought there was to Jesus. Freedom, fun, and beauty. And the beauty did not just come from the high parts of life, but there's beauty in all parts, which is something it took me a long time to learn since I'm not naturally vulnerable, and I was afraid of the truth of my life. But I remember crying with my sister after sharing the darkest parts of ourselves with each other. That moment should have been horrible, seeing the worst in each other, but it was beautiful. I gained a new closeness to my sister, which I will forever be grateful for, and the confession which I feared created a safety and honesty between us. And hearing her faults did not make me love my sister less, but respect and care for her more. Now, you've just listened to me tell you about the past year and a half of my life and a few sporadic stories. And to me, it was not obvious right away that God was faithful. If you've grown up in church, you've probably heard people say that when you look back on your life, you can see all the things that God has done for you. I never understood that. I would look back at my life and I would say, well, nothing really happened. It wasn't until halfway through the internship when I saw it. I remember it being so clear to me that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. God was faithful to me when he gave me a dissatisfaction with where I was so I would return to Northview. While I was away, God was setting up a place for me here, and I was growing in discontentment from living by my own will. But when I first returned, I had no idea why that was. To me, my story is not first described as an example of God being faithful to me. It's a story about choosing to be faithful to God first, and then he provided for me. My story begins in unfaithfulness, and I don't start to experience God until I acted in faithfulness first. I had to take steps towards God to see him. Sitting around, sort of believing in God, left me sad and lonely. But I found that relationship with God is a partnership. We do work together. I started leading youth group out of faithfulness. I was faithful to God by putting in the time and effort in learning more about him through the internship. I was faithful when I confessed to my sister after feeling a nudge to share, even though I really did not want to. I showed faithfulness, and God started to provide for me. The dark cloud over my heart started to fade. I found community, peace, and restored joy again. God started changing my desires. He helped my heart long to sin less and to want to listen more, to be vulnerable when it's scary to want to grow closer to God and to become someone to help carry out his vision for our world. I do want to emphasize that it's not all perfect. I know everyone says this, but seriously, my life is not a formula. 
I still feel a deep sadness within my heart. I've still chosen sin over faithfulness. I can think of lots of times where I felt abandoned or confused by God. But even though I feel those things, God hasn't abandoned me. When he sees me, he sees his beautiful creation hurt and broken down by sin. So he graciously pulls me from darkness again and again so we can restore our partnership and be faithful to each other. I really encourage all of you not to be a passive participant in this world and to be faithful to our Lord and see what happens. Thank you. I hope that was as encouraging for you guys as it was for me. Um, thank you, Ainsley. Thanks, Lisa. And thanks, Greg, for sharing. Sharing on to your vulnerability and all that. I'd like to invite the worship team back up as we continue on in musical worship. But um, before we do that, I, I, to me, a, a Sunday like this where we get to share a little bit of our testimony, a little bit of uh, the road that, that we've traveled um, and, and share some of the insights that we've gleaned about the Lord. Um, to me, this is one of the, the beautiful uh, purposes of the body where we get to um, come together and sharpen and grow each other in, in these ways. Um, the God that lives in you um, interacts with you on a very personal level that's different than how he interacts with me. Um, and I can learn more about him by hearing your story with him uh, than just walking myself. So I, I would encourage you, as we go from here, um, look for ways that you can share God's story in you with somebody else. And if it seems a little preachy to, to go up to somebody and say, hey, uh, let me tell you about God's faithfulness in my life, um, ask somebody, how has God been faithful to you? Uh, what is he doing in you that's growing you? Um, I, I think we'll be surprised and grow each other by our answers. Uh, would you pray with me? Father, we seek you. We, we look for ways that we can internalize the things that we've heard, uh, the stories that have been shared with us. Uh, Father, it's true. We, we see you in a different light when we hear about Ainsley's stories and struggles, about uh, Greg's walk with you with his daughter, uh, when we hear the praises offered by Lisa. Um, Lord, and it, it inspires me to want some of those things for myself that I didn't already have. Uh, Lord, I, each one of us come from a different place, and sometimes it's hard to find those places where we see you as faithful. Um, we can feel like you've abandoned us, um, and it is fruitful to hear the ways you've been faithful with others as well. It helps grow our understanding of your goodness. Lord, and where we have those things, where we can identify the places that you have been faithful, that you have been with us every step of the way, um, where we know that we can be an encouragement to others. Help us as we go from here to lift up others, to share, to be vulnerable, to be real uh, with each other in the ways that you've called us to be. We lift it up in your son's name. Amen. <laughs>